Well, Central family, welcome everybody. And, uh, you know, if you could go with me back to late February, what were you envisioning then for the future? Some of you may have been envisioning like some house projects or maybe you were planning on a move. Others of you were working hard, you're saving money for a big purchase, uh, you're making plans for your next adventure. Some of you, maybe you were preparing to launch a new business venture or uh, to meet, move into a different job in your life and in your career. Um, man, some were making plans to visit family in other states to see kids and grandkids or maybe you're just looking forward to graduation celebrations and prom and end of the school year parties and celebrations. I remember back in February, Lori and I were planning to finally update our master bathroom. I mean, the home that we uh, live in, it's, it's been 18 years since it was first built and the bathroom has never been touched, so it needs some help. I remember I was frustrated that our living room was always so dark, even during the middle of the day, and, and it needed to be painted a lighter color. So I remember I had these color swatches all laid out, and, and uh, you know we were kind of trying to pick which color we were going to try to paint it to brighten it up. We had a trip on the calendar to hear our daughter sing at a vocal concert at her college in Southern California. We had plans for how I would move her out of her dorm in May and drive back early enough on Sunday morning to hear Lori teach at the last service on Mother's Day live. In fact, Lori and Emma were actually going to be doing a mission trip just this last week in Peru together. And so uh, we had all these plans. In February, I remember it had been the best year of ministry that I could ever remember having or experiencing at Central. And I was dreaming and planning with our team uh, longer-term plans, five years, ten years out, praying, talking about possibilities. <laughs> but 2020 had different plans than my plans, right? I think this image captures it pretty well. Me uh, right here and then my plans for 2020, right? The pizza is on the ground. This was not part of the plan. It's a bad, bad day. This kid's devastated. And we've all had kind of our plans and then we've all seen those plans be blown up. Record unemployment, an economy that, that could take a very long time to recover. Uh, for many, going from plans to take a trip or a vacation this summer to now fighting just to get food on the table. Uh, the unknowns of rent and mortgage payments and even those that have been deferred. And when they do come, when, when they come due, like how you're going to manage the bills in that season. The continued threat of a virus that, um, that we are still struggling to understand and then the promise of a vaccine that is still in process. You see, even today, it feels impossible to plan out very far, doesn't it? We still face so many unknowns. I mean, reopening plans are always changing. Updates feel random on how we're doing and where we're going. It could be easy to just sort of throw your hands up and just start thinking, why? Why am I going through all this? Why is this happening? Uh, you know, why are we facing this? What we've been learning over the last few weeks is that the Bible points us to a more important question than just why. Why is an important question? Why is a meaningful question? And why can help us sort of um, uh, process and begin to try to understand. But sometimes that why question just spins you around in circles and there's no real answer. There's no, um, there's no real kind of realization that answers all the why questions. So we've been looking at a more important question and that is the question of who 
Who do you trust in a season as difficult as this? Who is worthy of our trust? Who can we look to? Who's really in control of the future? And who can help us even today? So we've been going through the book of Colossians in the New Testament. And it points to the who. It points to Jesus, who's the king, the supreme ruler of all of our lives. I mean, even when things feel impossible right now, impossible to plan for the future, impossible to know how to move forward, we can take it one day at a time and trust Jesus, who is supreme. See, the good news today is we can trust our unknown future to the hands of our known God. I mean, your plans may have been canceled, but God's plans have not been canceled. Even your canceled plans will become a part of his greater future. And so Jesus is the king of the future, and his plans cannot be canceled. And what we can do today as we face the unknown is we can trust and we can focus on looking at Christ and then loving other people well today. Listen, when you love people today, you build a better future for tomorrow. When you love people today, you build a better future tomorrow. You don't have to wait for the things uh, to, to all turn around in our economy. You can start making the future better today by loving people today. In fact, check it out. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. We'll bring it up on, uh, on the, the screen here. And I want to encourage you, if you're watching online or one of our locations, when we get to the word clothe, just say it out loud, real loud, uh, together here with me. But here's, here's what he says. Paul says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must what? Clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So God chose you and me to be holy people that he loves. That's an amazing statement right there. And then because of all that God has done, because Jesus is king, because he's supreme, because God chose us and loves us, what we do with that then is we clothe ourselves with all of these characteristics that empower us to love other people well. So Paul's going to list off a bunch of ways that we can love each other. But don't miss this. It all starts with God's love for you. Since he chose you. Since somebody at home or at one of our locations, just, I'm going to encourage you to lift your hand and just say, he chose me. He chose me. Now to point, point to someone else. Point to somebody around you and say, he chose you. I mean, he chose you. Listen, since he chose me and you and us to be the holy people he loves, we've got to clothe ourselves. Listen, he's about to talk about a whole new wardrobe of behaviors and reactions that we can put on because God has chosen us to be the holy people he loves. So the first idea I want to share with you is simply this, to dress for success. The dress for success. I mean, fashion is a funny thing. Styles come and go. And, you know, only by looking back do you sort of see clearly, um, you know, the different kind of fashion seasons and even fashion disasters that people have. I mean, look at this fashion ad from the 70s. Check this out. These guys, I mean, <laughs> here they are. They're playing it so cool, but there is nothing even remotely cool about this today. Also, back in the 70s, you had disco. 
And uh, man, that was a huge fashion disaster. But I want you to check this picture out. This is Lori and I back in the day. And no, I didn't walk around wearing this. This is actually a disco-themed party that we attended. Um, this was the year, I believe, we, uh, we got engaged and then got married. I, let's see, I'm looking right there. I don't even see a ring yet, so I have yet to make my move. But I look like I'm doing just fine, don't I? Anyway, check those pants out. Awesome. So... Some of you actually dressed like this back in the day. You know who you are. As you think back on some of the silly stuff that maybe you wore, I mean, aren't you glad that you have new clothes to wear? It'd be crazy to go back and pull out those pants, right? And then put them on and wear them around today. But the Bible tells us that when it comes to how you relate to other people, listen, you don't have to reach back in the closet and put on your fashion disaster. You don't have to put on those old clothes because you have some new clothes to put on that never go out of style. You can clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You can access these powers. You can put them on. And as you do, God empowers them. This means that you'll, you'll have to take off the old behaviors, right? And just before this passage, Paul tells us that we need to get rid of some things. We need to take some things off. He says, take off rage, take off malice, take off violence, take off sexual impurity in your life. Uh, he says, take off uh, greed and, and uh, all these different things. Because uh, you know what it does? It ruins your future. All of these things ruin your future. You can't get ahead because you're too busy putting people down or letting them put you down. Jesus is king of your future, and that means you need a new power from which to love and relate to others. And that's why he says, clothe yourselves in these new behaviors. Dress for success. How many of you remember Frozone from The Incredibles? Anybody remember him? Uh, he had this classic line. He'd say, honey, where is my super suit? Remember that? And that's a good word for us all. We need to put on our super suits that allow us to love others the way God loves us. In fact, let's go through some super suits that he mentions in this passage. First of all, I uh, mentions tenderhearted mercy, right? Mercy and the importance of, of wearing mercy. It just really means compassion. It's the power to let the needs of another person move you. I mean, Jesus was always responding with mercy and compassion. And the opposite would be like indifference or a condemning attitude towards others. So he's saying try a little tenderness with others. Put yourself in their shoes. It's the power to build a better future. And so another power that he mentions here is kindness. Kindness. And this is an attitude that we take towards other people. We don't see enough kindness in our world. We see a lot of cruelty. We see a lot of indifference. Those aren't just faults, they're defaults. But the super suit, the clothes that you wear, really are to make you super kind. It's the power to do good things in an imperfect world. We need more kindness if we're going to have a better future. Another thing that we're to put on, not just mercy and kindness, but humility. We're to put on humility. This is the power to put others first. Now, being humble just, just means being um, um, uh, open. It doesn't mean that you're, you're down on yourself. You don't think less of yourself. You just think of yourself less. You break free of your ego and the need to constantly be respected and affirmed. You are empowered to lift others up without feeling like you're losing ground. Humility builds a better future. And then the last thing he talks about right here is patience. <laughs> Patience, which, which can literally mean being big-souled. 
The idea is that there is so much of you that there's also plenty of room for others, even with their nonsense and their foolishness. See, you have, you, you have fewer and fewer buttons to push. It allows for other people's imperfections to still exist in your life. Patience builds a better future. So listen, these are not the only ways God's empo- God empowers you to love others, but they are the ways that God has chosen to love you. God sacrificed for you while you were still his enemy. And now go and do the same. Listen, God was patient during your rebellion. And now he's just saying, go and do the same. God listened to you and all your anger and nonsense without cutting you off. Now go and do the same to others. God sought you out when you were hurting. God took the first step in reconciliation. Even though he owed you nothing, God forgave you when you surrendered. Now go and do the same for others. God didn't let offenses in the past disqualify you from a better future. Even though by definition God is always right, he gave you the space to be wrong-headed and foolish. Come on somebody. And he patiently waited for you to come to your senses. So go and now do the same for others. Even though you took him for granted, ignored his word and his ways, and he was, uh, you know, you basically he was ready still to receive you with open arms. I mean, even though you gave up on him, he never gave up on you. Even when you were unfaithful to him, he was faithful to his promises. Even when you were throwing your life away, listen, he was extending his life for you. Somebody better be putting their hands together right now, even at home at one of our locations. Even when you were throwing your life away, he was giving his life for you. Even when you were at your most unlovable, he chose you to be the recipient of his compassion, his kindness, his humility, his patience, his love. And so the whole point of Colossians is to say, now go and do the same. Put on your super suit. Love others with the same love that he pours into you. That's the plan. That's God's plan. Listen, we have no idea how 2020 is going to go. But I know this, love will make a future worth going into. When you love people today, you build a better future tomorrow. So dress for success. Even though we don't know what's coming, even though the future's out there and it changes every moment of every day, hey, get up today dress in the characteristics and attributes that God wants us to dress in and live it out. Love from that place in your life. Another thing that we can do is then make allowance for others. Make allowance for others. I got this text from my wife and I'm going to bring it up on the screen. I couldn't believe she sent me this text, but uh, she simply says this, uh, what would your answer be to this question? What do you find most attractive about me? (laughs) Now, come on, guys. I mean, you get that kind of a text from your wife. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And I know she's with her girlfriends. I know they're like all hanging out and like having fun and all this. And she sends me this text. I didn't, I was like, oh man, this could go bad in so many ways. And so here's how I responded. I just said, I'm not fair and by text to say the least. Um, And then I said this, I like everything about you. Not bad, right? One point there. I like everything about you, but I've always been a sucker for those blue eyes, right? So I think I did okay. She told me I did did good, but talk about being set up. (laughs) I was one wrong click away from a really bad answer, in which case Lori would have to make allowance for me, and she often does. 
And that's where Colossians really goes next. We may not know what the future holds, but as we live it each day, we've got to make allowance for each other's faults. And as we look at the text, uh, it begins to break that down for us. Listen, you gotta, you got to forgive anyone who offends you. you got to remember that the Lord forgave you uh, so that you can forgive others. And at first it seems like, to make allowance for others just means you, you sort of allow people to walk all over you. But forgiveness is not the same as restoring the relationship. Forgiveness is all about restoring your heart, regardless if the relationship can or should be restored. Check it out. Colossians 3.13, it says this. Help me out on the red word here. It says, uh, make what? Allowance. That's what we've got to do. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgives gave you, and that's the kicker, so you must forgive others. Friends, not only do we need more tenderheartedness and humility and patience right now in this season, but we need to be making allowances for each other in this season. We don't know what comes in the future, but it'll be a future worth going to if we keep making allowances for each other today. And I love how Dr. Henry Cloud sort of broke this down. He says, look, there, there are... Um, some different ways that, uh, that we can think about it. These are kind of my labels, but they're his ideas. He says in life that you're going you're gonna to deal with three kinds of people that will involve different responses in those moments where you get hurt or you get offended. Uh, there's going to be, first of all, heroes. Then there'll be jokers. And then there'll be villains. Heroes, jokers, and villains. And so I want to break this down. You make a different kind of an allowance for each. So you, you, first of all, you, you need to make an allowance for heroes. These would be the wise people in your life. These are the people who understand your boundaries and, and respect them. And chances are they, they hurt you on accident or in ignorance. And an honest conversation will most likely result in positive change. Uh, they, they, they may be, um, there may be some give and take here, but this person will be happy that you came to them with your issues because you and them, you're on the same team. They'll own their own consequences. <laughs> but not everyone is a hero, right? Not everyone's a hero. So they have honest conversations. You also have jokers. Right? you got to make allowance for jokers. I'm not talking about the psychotic villain from the Batman movies. I mean that person in your life that just won't own their issues and responsibilities. Come on, somebody. You know who I'm talking about. No matter how many times you talk about it, no matter how many promises they make, they blow right past um, all of those things. And, uh, you know, whenever you're trying to kind of navigate with a joker, uh, I love what Dr. Dr. Cloud says. It's, it's so spot on. He says, with a joker, the problem is never in the room. Come on. It's never with them. It's always something or someone else. You end up suffering all of the joker's negative consequences. And chances are most of the relational pain in your life is caused by the jokers. Now, we've all been jokers from time to time. And a person may be a hero in one area and a joker in another. But here's how you can make an allowance for jokers. And that is you stop having conversations and you set a clear boundary. You set a clear boundary with jokers. It's no longer about a conversation. Now it becomes about consequences. You draw a firm, clear boundary that shifts the negative consequences from you back onto the joker. For instance... Don't yell and scream at your kids to get off their phones and do their homework. You start to confiscate the phones. 
You don't scream even nastier names back in an argument. You just walk away and you say, I'm not having a conversation with you when you speak to me that way. Rather than bailing people out financially or physically or mentally, you let them feel the pain of their choices. You don't withdraw your love. You just redraw clear boundaries so the joker can learn to be a hero. And then last, not only do we have heroes that we have to make allowance for and jokers that we need to make allowance for, there are villains. <laughs> Some people wanna hurt you on purpose, intentionally and continually. And jokers um, or villains, they hurt you through, or jokers hurt you through irresponsibility, but villains come to steal and destroy. Listen, evil is a real thing. It gets a hold of some people, and all they want to do is make your life worse. Do not talk to a villain. Don't set consequences for a villain. You have to separate yourself from them physically, emotionally, uh, legally. Uh, you, you, you can forgive the evil that's been done, and um, you can forgive what they may have done to you, but, but you don't have to continue to place yourself in a situation where you allow that evil into your world. There's an old adage, you approve what you allow. And so if you wanna change the relationship, you need to change what you allow. Your ability to love others determines how far you're gonna go in life and how much you'll enjoy it when you get there, right? So make an allowance for others. But I think it's too simplistic to just say make an allowance, we can forgive, but still with some people we need to have honest conversations and give and take. But with other people we need clear boundaries, right? And they need to start feeling some of the consequences of maybe what they're putting us through because making allowance doesn't make you a doormat, right? So that people can just walk all over. And then for the villains in our lives, sometimes we just need to separate and that is okay. You can forgive, you can make allowance as far as you can, but you just need to separate in your life. And so, when you love people today, you build a better future tomorrow. Third idea is simply this, to keep showing up, to keep showing up. Colossians chapter three, beginning in verse 14. Check this out, help me out on the red word here. Colossians three fourteen. he says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Close yourselves with love. Now that, that word, um, he says, um, which binds us all together. That word binds is um, interesting when he says it'll bind us all together. He's referring to like a brooch or a clip. It's a piece of clothing that uh, would be pulled over the other items of clothing and then they would be like clipped on. And Paul is saying that that clip is love. It wraps all the differences up. It wraps them all up in love and it holds them all together. I saw this post on Instagram that uh, really cracked me up this week. Um, this guy, uh, he was saying this. He said, hey, the quarantine had uh, strained many marriages but I'm lucky to have the most loving wife. He said, last night I woke up when she was holding a pillow tightly over my face to protect me from COVID-19. <laughs> I'm not sure she was protecting you, bro. But listen, when we talk about love today, we often associate that with feelings of love. 
Especially those feelings of infatuation, like when you first met. Like you used to get the butterflies when she walked in the room or he walked in the room. You'd be like, ooh, I got the butterflies. It's amazing, right? You know, you, you used to get the butterflies when he looked at you or she looked at you and, and she made those eyes and you're like, oh, the butterflies, right? And you got butterflies when you held hand, hands or when you first said, like, I love you. But then for some of you, <laughs> the butterflies died. No more butterflies. For some of you, the quarantine and the stress in our lives and our finance, and the stress in finances and just the overall stress on your relationship, man, those butterflies not only died, they feel like angry bees, killer bees, murder hornets, right? You know, he walks in the room, it's like, bzzz. she walks, begins to open her mouth to speak, bzzz, right? That's how you feel. That, that, that's what's going on. And, and you say, man, I just can't love him or her anymore. I don't feel it. It's not there anymore. And we tend to think if we don't feel it then, it, then it isn't love, it isn't real. Say, I'd love to clothe myself in love, but I don't feel it. And when the Bible talks about love, it's not talking about just a feeling that results in an action. Uh, it's really talking about an action that ultimately can result in a feeling. But you don't need to feel it to make it real. It's more about showing up and doing for one another, no matter what you feel. Two or more people making the choice to love, to put another first, to serve one another, listen, to care about the other, and uh, to do good for them. That choice binds you together in perfect harmony. I mean, you can't command feelings. Right? You can only command really actions. And so the Bible says, love God and love one another. Uh, it's really a challenge for us to step out in action and let the feelings follow those actions. And it's not just actions you take maybe in a romantic or marriage relationship. These are the actions that we take as a church. This is really what the church is about. And in fact, in Colossians chapter 3, Paul is actually writing to the church about how they're to conduct themselves. Look at this, Colossians 3, 15. Help me out when we get to the red word. He says, for as members of one, what? Body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Listen, he's describing really what happens every week at church. He's describing what we do every week at Central. The message of Christ is shared. We teach and counsel each other with wisdom from God's word. We sing, we express thankfulness. That's why, you know, I always say around Central, hey, keep showing up, keep showing up week after week. Church, whether online or whether in, pers or whether in person, is a place where we encounter the power and the presence of Christ in our life. It's a place where you're, you're, you're together with others and you really Realize you're all on the same journey. It's an essential part of our lives and our spiritual journey. And so you got to keep showing up in your life. Just keep showing up and let God move and work. We don't know what's coming tomorrow, but today we can dress for success spiritually. Today we can make allowance for different people in our lives and forgive others as God has forgiven us. And today we can keep showing up. I love this piece Max Licato wrote. He says this, it's quiet, it's early. My coffee's hot, the sky is still black, the world's still asleep, the day is coming. In a few moments, the day will arrive. And he says, for the next 12 hours, I will be exposed to the day's demands. So it is now that I must make my choice. And because of Calvary, I'm free to choose. And so I choose.
I choose love. No occasion justifies hatred. No injustice warrants bitterness. I choose love. Today I will love God and what God loves. I choose joy. I'll invite my God to be the God of circumstance. I'll refuse the temptation to be cynical, the tool of the lazy thinker. I'll refuse to see people as anything less than human beings created by God. I will refuse to see any problem as anything less than an opportunity to see God. I choose peace. I will live forgiven. I will forgive so that I may live. I choose patience. I will overlook the inconveniences of the world. Instead of cursing the one who takes my place, I'll invite him to do so. Rather than complaining that wait is too long, I'll thank God for a moment to pray. Instead of clenching my fist at new assignments, I'll face them with joy and courage. I choose, I choose kindness. I'll be kind to the poor, for they're alone. I'll be kind to the rich, for they're afraid. And I'll be kind to the unkind, for such is how God has treated me. I choose goodness. I'll go without a dollar before I take a dishonest one. I will be overlooked before I will boast. I will confess before I will accuse. I choose faithfulness. Today I will keep my promises. My debtors will not regret their trust. My associates will not question my word. My wife will not question my love. And my children will never fear that their father will not come home. I choose gentleness. Nothing is won by force. I choose to be gentle. If I raise my voice, may it be only in praise. If I clench my fist, may it be only in prayer. If I make a demand, may it be only of myself. I choose self-control. I'm a spiritual being. And after this body is dead, my spirit will soar. I refuse to let what will rot rule the eternal. I'll be drunk only by joy. I'll be impassioned only by faith. I'll be influenced only by God. I'll be taught only by Christ. I choose self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. To these I commit my day. If I succeed, I'll give thanks. If I fail, I'll seek his grace. And then when the day is done, I'll place my head on my pillow and I will rest. See, friends, we don't know what's coming tomorrow, but what we've seen already this year shouldn't give us um, a lot of uh, hope that we'll be able to predict it or determine it. Whatever is coming is probably going to surprise us. And the good news today is even though we don't know the future, we know who holds the future. And even though we don't really kind of know how to navigate what may be coming in three months or six months, we can take it one day at a time. And we can dress for success spiritually. We can make allowance for others spiritually. We can put on our super suit. And remember that when you love people today, you build a better future tomorrow. And Jesus is the king of your future. In fact, for some of you today, I'd love to just give you an opportunity to reach out to Christ and surrender to him and ask God to move and work in your life and do a work that only he can do. For some of you, he's been tapping you on the shoulder. He's been calling you to come home spiritually. And um, listen, that call is really about stepping into spiritual independence, spiritual freedom. Jesus died and rose again for you so that you could be forgiven and free and begin again with him. So if you're ready to become a follower of Jesus today, if you're ready to make that commitment, I'm gonna ask you to just bow your heads, close your eyes, wherever you're at today. 
Start that spiritual journey by repeating this prayer after me. You can say it out loud or just in your own mind and heart. Just bow your head and say, Dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. and Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. And friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, I'm gonna ask you to just slip your hand in the air. Just slip your hand in the air and reach out to God and acknowledge you're trusting him in your life today. Let's reach out to him. God, we thank you for your love. I thank you for each person just reaching out to you and I pray you'll show up in their life and move and work. Do a work that only you can do. Heal, transform, forgive, and restore. God, we commit ourselves to you and we give you thanks today. In Christ's name, amen.